We're in week four of At The Movies, and this week is called Inside Out. And if you're not familiar with the movie, uh, it's about a little girl named Riley. Most of the movie takes place when she's 11 years old. This was the opening scene that kind of sets up what's going on. It's not as much about Riley just being an 11-year-old girl. It's about these emotions that go on in here, that interact with each other, sometimes challenge each other, sometimes cause problems for each other, as you can see. And then in each one, each of the instances creates a memory. And that memory is shaped by the, the little orbs that you saw in there. Now, the first one, of course, was joyful. Everything was fine. So it was a golden orb. And then came sadness. And the orb turned blue. And as you saw, fear, disgust, and anger, it goes on. All those memories come together to create what's called Islands of Attitudes, which you'll just have to watch the movie to see that. We're not going deep into that. But as you can see, the idea is that these emotions, working together and apart, will help shape who we become, what our attitudes are like, what we're like. The real action of the movie is inside Riley's head. And if you'll notice... Who was in charge of headquarters for Riley? It's joy. The idea is that as a kid, and, and you'll have to forgive me, in the back, I have a hard time staying still and being up here. So I'm going to come down here with you. Um, but the idea is that for a child, we try to make it, her, their life shape to where joy is who rules. We want every day to be joyful for a child, for the most part. And that's what Joy was trying to do. And she really didn't even know what to do with sadness or what sadness function even was. At one point in the movie, she takes sadness and, and draws a little circle and puts sadness in the middle of it and says, now you stay there for the rest of the day. Don't move because we're going to make this day joyful for Riley. And then I got to thinking when it comes to the At The Movie series, that's where the tension comes in a lot of times not just for human beings as a whole, but especially for Christians. Because I don't know about you, but I've grown up in and around the church, and I don't know how many times that something has happened in life, and it wasn't very joyful. Let me just go to the congregation here. How many of you have experienced something in life that was not joyful? There we go. Okay. A couple of you will get with you after service, and we'll help you. Um, but here, here's the thing. As a Christian, have you ever had another Christian come up and say, I know this is a hard time, but you just need to be happy. You just need to find joy. And I know the Bible says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. You just need to be happy. I, I looked in Scripture. I did not find anywhere in Scripture where it said, rejoice in the layoff. Rejoice in the diagnosis. Rejoice in being passed over for the promotion for the fifth time. You see, I know it's one thing to, to rejoice in the Lord and be happy for what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. Amen? But at the same time, life still happens. We go through challenging times. And, and as Christians, I think we have to be careful going to people and just saying, you just need to buck up. You just need to put a smile on your face. Because there's times I don't feel like smiling. There, there's times I need to be able to grieve. I need to be disgusted at some things that I see happening in our world. Remember what John mentioned a few weeks ago? 
uh, when it came to the gentleman who started Compassion International. And he was talking about being over in Korea and seeing what he thought was rags being tossed in the back of a a truck, but it was actually children. That should disgust us. That should make us angry, shouldn't it? I mean, those are the kind of emotions we get. But here's what I think. I think there's a place for all our emotions. I believe that God has given us emotions to help us through this tension. The tension being this, is that our tendency is to think we should just be happy all the time, and there's no room for a follower of Jesus Christ for any of these other emotions. I don't agree with that. But I do believe that God has given us emotions to help us through these times. You know, I mean, life can be hard, but emotions can have their place. And and I believe that emotions can serve as a stepping stone and not a stumbling block, as it has for many, when it comes through navigating this life. And the reason I believe that is because Jesus showed emotion. Did he not? If you go through the scripture, you will see a range of emotions that God showed while he walked on this earth in flesh. And we see that those emotions helped him through life issues and circumstances that he was going through, didn't he? I mean, anger. Let's go with anger. Anger is one of them that that Jesus showed in Matthew chapter 21, verse 12. Jesus went through the temple and turned over tables. He was not happy that God's house was not a house of prayer. He showed disgust. All you have to do tonight, open up the Bible, read Matthew 23, the entire chapter, and you will see how disgusted he was at the Pharisees in the way that they treated people, in the way that they were as a whole. You will find a bunch of woes. Anyway, you can read it. Disgusted. Sadness. When Lazarus passed away, did Jesus not weep at the death of his friend? Joy in Luke 10.21, when Jesus sent the 72 out and they came back and they were saying all the things that had happened, Jesus rejoiced with them and showed joy and was happy. He had a joy in his spirit about all that. And then also fear. And some would say, oh, no, 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 Jesus was never afraid. Well, when Jesus was in the garden, I believe he went to the Father and in his agony said, if this cup can be taken from me, may it be. Then he said, you know, but not my will, but yours be done. I know I feel this way, but honestly, God, I just want to honor you. And I think a, a range of emotions had to happen in the garden for him. But if Jesus can show emotion and, and deal with emotions in a healthy way, don't you think we should be able to as well? And I, and I believe if we do that well, when those life happens moments, and, and I'll just see if you understand what I mean. How many of you have just been going on with life, and then life happens? You understand where I'm at? We, how many of you have had a life happen moment that you didn't see coming, didn't experience, it just, it just came? See, I believe... God has given us our emotions as stepping stones to help us navigate through those life happens moments. But when our emotions get out of control, they can actually become stepping or step, stumbling blocks that can send us in a direction we don't need to go. And I know you've never done that, but I bet you know somebody who has. 
right? And if they're sitting right next to him, you can go ahead and nudge him. That's okay. Nobody look around. So here's the deal. When life happens, comes on. It's kind of like I, I put it like a check engine light. Isn't that awesome when your check engine light comes on in a car? How many of you get excited when a check engine light comes on? No, but here's, here's what the check engine light's trying to say. Something in the car is out of whack. Something is not working the way that it should be working. And here's what most of us love to do. We love to unplug the check engine light. I know there's something out of whack in here, but if I just unplug it, don't deal with it, don't mess with it, it'll, it's just going to go away. Does that ever happen? No, the problem is still there. And what I want to do today is try to give you some things to help you identify when our emotions can become stumbling blocks and then give you some things to help you move your emotions to be stepping stones in your life. Because here's what happened with Riley. Riley decided to not keep those emotions where they need to be. And at the dinner table, isn't that where it always goes? At the dinner table, Riley and her parents had this experience. Yeah. See what happens, though, when emotions get out of control. For Riley, it became a stumbling block. And it affected not only Riley, it affected the whole family. And that's, that's what happens many times in our relationships. Is it's not just about what happens with us. It's about what happens with the people around us as well. And so for Riley, Riley has a check engine light on. But what has caused her emotions to get out of control? That's what we need to look at. And I've come up with what I call the life happens issues that we can look, that I think many of them come within these three. At least in what I saw with Riley and even in my own personal experience in life, I have found that in these three areas, that life just happens, and, and a lot of times my emotions can get moved to a place they don't need to be. The first one is this, unmet expectations. How many of you have been in a situation where you've had expectations of somebody or something, and they didn't meet it, and you just saw your emotions get way out of whack? Can I get an amen? Yes, I mean, unmet. and for Riley, that was it. Riley was trying, I think it was really unfair of her parents earlier in the movie, when she moved to San Francisco, the moving truck didn't show up, all this stuff was happening. They even went to a pizza place, and all they had was like broccoli pizza. That's sad. But she comes home, and her mom's like, what kind of pizza only ha place has one kind of pizza, and that's it? And, you know, I'm thinking, I'm a meditarian. Anybody in here? Yeah, okay. Um, but but she's, she's sad. She's sleeping on, like, this um, sleeping bag. And, and her mom comes in and says, thank you so much for being happy for all of us. Well, well people, that's not fair. It's not fair to put that on somebody that they need to be able to be sad in situations, just like if you're sad or upset or angry. They need to feel free to feel as well. So, so be careful because what you end up creating is a bunch of people pleasers, right? You just need to act the way that we want you to act, especially with a child. You just need to be happy. Be joyful in this. But unmet expectations. Riley's had that. I've had that with people. Then I've had uncontrollable circumstances. You ever been there? You're going on, you've done everything the right way, and yet life takes a turn and you couldn't do anything about it. So what happens with your emotions in that? 
And finally this, unresolved conflict. And I see this a lot. That people have just some kind of burden that comes in between them. And the wall gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And they don't really get down to the meat of what's going on. And I don't know if you've been this way. I've been this way in um, like family gatherings. Have you ever had family members mad at other family members? Uh, A couple? Okay, good. (laughs) Have you ever had them be so mad at each other for so long they can't remember why they're even mad at each other anymore? That's what unresolved conflict does. It just builds this huge wall. But listen to me, parents, grandparents as well. This also happens with children. That a lot of times if you just expect a child to buck up and just be happy, and you're, you're looking at more behavior modification than you are heart transformation. And, and, and it's, not, it's not fair for a child not to be able to share what's going on in their heart. And sometimes you may have a situation to where, just like with, uh, you know, with uh, Riley at the beginning of the movie when Broccoli came in, you would think she was just angry. Because she exploded everything. You would think sitting down at the table at dinner at 11 years old. She was just angry because she exploded on her dad and everything else. But the truth of the matter is, Riley was sad. Riley missed her friends. She was hurt. I mean, you could go through a whole range. But if we don't have conversation with our young people, we may never get to the bottom of why they feel the way they feel. And I just want to encourage you today, allow them to feel the way they feel and help them to resolve those feelings instead of just saying, buck up, be happy, don't worry, be happy. (laughs) Maybe good in a song, but it doesn't work in real life all the time. So Riley dealt with those three, and I think all of us do. And it's not just, listen, it's not just with people, it's also with God. When we don't think God comes through in the way that we think He should come through. If we have unmet expectations of God, uncontrollable circumstances, we think God has shaped unresolved conflict. Those things can cause our emotions to swell. And the last thing that somebody needs when they're dealing with something with God is just to hear, you just have to have more faith. You just just got to have joy in the Lord. You know, I mean, people, that's not going to help move somebody through what's going on in here and in here. And please, what I'm going to share with you in the next five or ten minutes is, is not discounting that there are sometimes we go through things in our life that cause us severe trauma. And, and, and sometimes just a, you know, you need to figure this out and you need to do this. It doesn't fix it. It doesn't help it. It doesn't help. Sometimes people need professional help to be able to deal with trauma in life. And we as followers of Jesus Christ should not discount that this is just beyond. You just need to have more faith. Are you with me? So please, what I'm going to share with you, I think will be helpful. But it's not a fix-all. Okay? And so, so with that, when we, we've, we've agreed we've been through some of these life happens issues, I want to give you very quickly what I call the ABCDs of emotion. 
And this is not a one thing fix all kind of thing. It is just a way to help you resolve some emotions that you may be feeling and get down to a way to act upon them in a very healthy way. Is that fair? Okay, let's start with A. A, first of all, acknowledge what you're feeling. Acknowledge what you're feeling. Some people just live in denial. Some people just let an emotion take control. Just like with Riley, did you notice that her main emotion in control was joy? But when we went to mom, did you notice who was in control of her headquarters? Sadness. Why? Because some people just allow certain emotions to take hold and take control of the others. And they're just sad. But everything else flows out of that sadness. And what about dad? You dads out there, who's in control of dad's control desk? Anger. Yeah. And in that, so true so many times that whenever a life happens, situation comes up, the first emotion that a dad emotes is her. Get ready for DEFCON 2. We're going to put the foot down. And then dad just kind of spews. And, and here's, here's the way I look at it. There are different ways to handle emotions. Dad just spews. Have you ever known people who just spew emotion? Mom just kind of stews. She just kind of takes it all in and maybe stuffs it a little bit. And things like that. There's a third category. It's called leaks. Some people just leak emotion. They don't spew. They don't stuff. But it just kind of oozes out of them. You know people like that? You can help fix that. How many of you are... No, I won't ask. We won't go there. But they're just people that sometimes emotions just kind of come out easily. None of those are healthy ways to deal with it. So we need healthy ways. First of all, acknowledge what you're feeling. Romans 12, 3 tells us, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God's given you. We should at times take sober judgment accounts of ourselves, especially when it comes to emotions, and take a look at, I'm hurt. That's how I feel. I'm frustrated. I'm insecure in this situation and acknowledge it. But then after you acknowledge it, you need to backtrack to the primary emotion. And what I mean by that, how many of you have these little wheels that are so small, unless you've got great vision, you can't read them? Anybody there? Okay, well, we have smaller magnets that you can pick up on the way out to put in your bulletin. And that's okay because... Next week, we'll give out magnifying glasses. No. But here, here's the thing. If you look at this, and I, even with my reading glasses, that, you know something? Can I just spew for a moment? Um, when I got this wheel, I, I looked at it, and the first thing I did was I was disgusted because I'm wearing my reading glasses and I still can't read it. And then I got mad because I'm getting so old that my vision's getting so bad that I can't. You know, uh, happy never made it in. Okay, but, but here's, what, here's what we're talking about with this wheel. This is called an emotions wheel. And the idea is that, look, look at angry in the middle, okay? And we'll put it up here really large. 
the first thing is, after, after I acknowledge what I'm, what I'm dealing with, then I go to, but what is, the, what is the true emotion that's really stirring me up? It may start with angry. I'm angry. But then if you go a little bit farther, it say, well, why am I angry? Well, I've been let down. I'm humiliated. I'm really bitter. I'm mad. I'm aggressive, frustrated. Anyway, you, you get a little more specific about what's going on in here. Then you take it even another step. And get even more specific with the outside of the wheel. I feel like I've been betrayed. Because here's what happens. When you get to the outside of the wheel, you start to corner in on the cause. What's caused me to feel this way. When you get to the outer part of the wheel, it starts moving away from just the emotion that I have to the reason I've experienced this emotion. Which is what C is. Consider the cause. Because after I've acknowledged my hurt, and really gotten down to the emotion that I'm feeling, then I have to consider what caused me to feel this way. It may be a person. It may be a job situation. It may be yourself. And it may be God. But you've got to consider the cause of the hurt, or the frustration, or the insecurity, or whatever it is you're going through. Then you can move to D, which is determine... How best to deal with it. Romans 12 2 tells us, you know, therefore, uh, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you'll be able to test God's good, pleasing, and perfect will in this. So what we're doing is we're, we're allowing the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives to help transform the way we think about the person or God or the situation and also the emotion that we feel as we're going through it. Does that make sense? It, it gives us something to determine then, how do I act upon this? Because in Romans chapter 8, verses 15 and 16, it says this, So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you've received God's spirit when He adopted you as His own children. Now we call Him Abba, Father, for His spirit joins with our spirit to affirm we're God's children. God's spirit comes in and joins with your spirit, and the idea is to allow God's spirit to have control over your spirit and to help allow Him to move you in a direction that's honoring to Him, that glorifies Him but in so doing also can help you in the life happen situation that you're going through. And again, it's not a fix for all, but it's just a way to start helping in the process. We can acknowledge because once it gets out of play, and I'm going to show the last clip and close up, if we allow our emotions to become stumbling blocks, you're going to end up in the situation like you're going to see with Riley here in a moment. If we allow God's Spirit to have our spirit and lead and direct us, transform and renew our minds, then we have an opportunity to have stepping stones in our emotions. All have a place. All can work together, as you're going to see in this, in this last clip. But I think God has brought us these emotions to be able to do just that and to navigate this life emotionally. When it doesn't, what happens in the movie is Riley decides anger gets an idea and says, there's only one thing to do. Go home. Riley's so upset. He's like, we just need to go home. And so he takes this idea and puts it in the control panel 
And then nobody can do anything because Riley's on, she's self-handling everything in this. So she steals her mom's credit card. She buys a bus ticket back to Minnesota. She gets on the bus to get back. And then finally we see, and Disney will never use this as a, as a spiritual example, but we see where emotions actually come together and work for the benefit of the whole. Which I'm saying in this room that I believe the Holy Spirit has the power to help do that. Disney's not going to say that. And that's okay. But I want you to see an example of when emotions are brought under control, what can happen, especially with Riley. Riley was able to actually come home, emotions and all, and flesh out the ABCDs of what she was feeling. And in that, a family is healed. And truthfully, isn't that our desire in relationships? With friends, kids, grandkids, spouses. What if, what if we actually empowered each other to feel free to feel? And to say it's okay. And that sometimes memories may be happy at one moment. They may be sad at another just to help us through difficult circumstances and times. And that's okay. You see, I think if we would apply some of these principles... It can help us to truly look at we're hurt, we're frustrated, whatever it is, that we can, we can figure out why. We can figure out who or what, but we can, by God's power and help as well, find a way to act in a way that's healthy for us, healthy for those around us, and more than anything, honors Him. You see, I believe that your heavenly father wants you to come home. Emotions and all. Luggage and all. And the reason that I believe that is because of what we're about to celebrate right now. That Jesus Christ, when he was in the garden and he prayed, I bet he experienced all the emotions we've talked about today. He could have tapped out, but he chose not to. And it wasn't just because that's how he felt. It's because God's will was for him to give his life, his body, and his blood for everybody that's in this room and everybody that you lock eyes on outside of this room. There is not one person exempt from the love of God in Jesus Christ. Thank you for watching this message from Sherwood Oaks Christian Church. Did you know you can view any message from the past six years at socc.org messages? You can also view complete worship services from the past month at socc.tv.